Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. And I'm your host today, Dave Kane. We've all been talking about cybersecurity for several years now, but the threat has been around much longer than that. And with every day that passes, the threat continues to grow and evolve. Today's guest has worked to pioneer a new line of defense for businesses and the customers they serve. Paul Hugenberg, co-founder and CEO of InfoGPS Networks, a software development company based out of Boardman, Ohio, specializes in monitoring and leveraging data at rest for applications across a variety of markets. Paul joins us today's show to talk about the threats taking aim at our businesses today and how a different mindset can result in improved protection. Welcome to Unsuitable, Paul. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Thanks for taking the trip down uh, 71 to, to uh, Dublin, Ohio. Yeah, made it. Missed all the deer and everything. Great. So, I uh, want to start out just, uh, we always like to have uh, entrepreneurs on the show and, of course, as co-founder and CEO of Info GPS Networks, uh, you know, what, uh, can you give our entrepreneurs a, uh, you know, maybe a few suggestions uh, along the way of some things that work for you? Uh, I can. So, we've been a, an entrepreneur um, in training for about four years now, and I can tell you that uh, uh, it's it's a listen to your customer type of environment. So, we kind of all start these things out with great ideas in the front of our minds, and, and we think that we have developed the the two-ended pencil that we think everybody needs. And, uh, um, you know, we find out quick when we start to go out into the market that there's a lot of different ways to look at the problems. Right. And listening has just become really your best friend. Right. You know, so that's, you know, if I talk to folks, they generally tell them that all the time. Okay. It's just listen. Good piece of advice. Yeah. You know, the new, uh, we're in the midst of a new, the new tax act, uh, it's in play. Uh, any, any thoughts about the impact on your business? So at my stage, uh, probably not uh, anything kind of worth you know. Nothing jumps digging out. into. Nothing jumps out at us. It's more of a recognition issue for revenue. So as long as we earn revenue, we'll recognize it any way people want us to. Okay, so you know we're going to talk about cybersecurity. We can go many different directions, but um, you know it's still out there. Are we making are we making headway? So um, I, I I get folks that'll stand up and challenge me quite a bit when we get into this conversation because my answer is generally I think we're behind the eight ball and we're struggling Still getting behind. better. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so if you would just look at the investment in cybersecurity by startups such as myself, um the the big players that you would generally buy and see in an environment today, the amount of money we spend every year goes up significantly. Um, we're spending about 10 or 11% uh, average growth rate in cybersecurity a year. We're losing more data every year than we did the year before. So we're literally throwing more money at a problem that we are not slowing down. Um, so I think our approach to the problem has to, has to take a fresh, uh, come at it from a fresh view what we're doing isn't working. So it becomes the the old adage, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing sure. over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And I think that's where we're at. You know, we we talk a lot on this show about rate of return and spending money, and there's got to be a rate of return. And what you just said kind of hit a nerve. We're spending more money and not getting the results. That's correct. 
That's correct. And so not only are we spending more money not getting the results, but we haven't figured out a way to have a conversation at the decision-making level of an organization that actually talks about cyber and dollars and cents. So we talk all the time about number of viruses we stopped or number of people who tried to access our network and passwords were bad. And at the end of the day, nobody really digests that information. Nobody knows how to respond to that information. Uh, and nobody knows how to spend money better to stop you know, things from happening tomorrow that aren't happening today. We're just going at this in a way that just seems counterintuitive. So I want to go back uh, to maybe a note that... Um uh, that we talked about in in pre-production about, you know, developing the, you know, understanding the purpose of your organization and the mission and how do you rely upon technology mm -hmm. uh, to accomplish that mission. And, and it's kind of roundabout way what you just said about spending money on something that you have no idea what the result is. So, right. so, so what do you think? What's, uh, you know, what are some things we can do there to focus on protecting from the threats that put us at risk that maybe outside our mission? Sure. So uh, I start out every conversation I have with a new client with a non-technical uh, meeting. I want to know what it is that you're in business for, what drives your bottom line, um, what puts that objective at risk. You know, so if you are Easter Seals and you have a nonprofit drive, uh, if you are a medical billing company and, you know, your job is to generate revenue for the doctors, if you're a collections company, there is a purpose for your business being in play. Technology is there to support your ability to reach that purpose. And so if you just jump at technology and say, you look like everybody else, and we're going to apply the same controls as we do to everybody else, then we've really just kind of ignored the reason that you started your business in the first place. There's a mission that you came to the market with, and we just ignore it. So what I do is I ask, what are you here for? What puts that at risk? Who is asking you to meet certain obligations? What thresholds do you have to manage or, or, or monitor? On and, and do you have to do it once a year? Do you have to do it once a quarter? So that I kind of understand not only what types of things you're trying to protect yourself from, but how you're trying to protect yourself from some of those threats. The next thing that we'll do is say, because of the type of business that you're in, now let's have a conversation about what puts that at risk. What is the threat we are trying to protect ourselves from. Not everybody's at risk for ransomware. Not everybody's at risk for physical penetration. Not everybody has cash in a vault, right? And so sure. we don't need to protect against everything in every situation. We have to understand what puts us at, 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 at you know, behind the eight ball and go after that. You know, we do a lot of uh, discussion about strategic plans. And of course, you and I have sat in, you know, boatloads of those type of conversations. And those, those strategic plans... A lot of times they'll talk about, you know, developing new business and maybe mergers and acquisition and the like, mm -hmm. but very seldom have I heard something in a strategic plan about technology. Sure. And can you comment on where technology should fit in, in that strategic plan, kind of along the discussion we had about the mission? Right. So I would, you know, make a broad statement that says it makes about as much sense to omit technology in your strategic plan in your strategic plan as it does to emit financial statements. Right? It, everything that happens in your business happens. That's pretty uh, brash statement it there. It is pretty you know, brash, talking to you know? CPA, you know, look, but now I got it. You so know? I'll pass a little secret okay. on to you, though. Okay. So I'm All in the right. cybersecurity space, but I'm an accountant by trade and, okay. and a CPA before I was a 
Perfect. a certified cyber guy. So okay. I kind of look at stuff through the idea of, of making sure that we exist tomorrow. So I'll use words like going concern, off-balance sheet risk in a, in a room full of IT folks. Oh, I, love, and just, I love this and conversation. And they'll just look at me and they'll, and they'll be like, what are you talking yeah. about, right? Um, but generally, you, know, you can't go to market today uh, without a set of computers, without a network together. Um, you're dealing with people that are carrying their lives on their hips. Um, we're built to communicate in ones and zeros today. So how do you functionally get yourself to market in a space that is driven by technology and ignore technology? Would you go to market as a sales organization and not talk about the type of salespeople you wanted to hire? What skills you wanted them to have to get to the uh, demographic you wanted to reach? Well, guess what? You know, the demographic I want to reach, they use Facebook, they use Instagram, they're bloggers. Um, the demographic I want to reach doesn't buy at stores, they buy on the internet. Well, that's all technology, every bit of it, you know, so it has to be a part of it. If it's not, I think you're just kind of selling yourself short. You know, you re, um, referred to yourself as a cybersecurity guy. Is that a new designation in the marketplace, cybersecurity guy? It is. It is, right? So, uh, cybersecurity is the word that everybody likes to use today. Uh, and so, I tend to like to use that word in conjunction with uh, required and um, impactful skill sets inside your shop. I think it's a word people ought to put their hands around and jump on. Great. Great. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, threats. Yes, sir. And what type of threats are putting businesses at risk today? And that's First part of maybe the question. Let's let's talk about that, and then we'll talk about uh, what we can do about that. But what type of threats are putting businesses at risk today? So let's kind of just start with maybe two or three that everybody would recognize that are relatively significant in in the things that we hear about in the news, and then talk about something that's maybe a little bit more implicit that that's driving those risks. So if if what do you have to deal with today in terms of cyber? Frankly speaking, it's uh, things like phishing, clicking on wrong links, and and while those seem kind of mundane and and um, and traditional types of comments, if you would think of the environment that you have just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars or not more to protect, um, email just poked a hole right through the castle wall you built, right? The internet just poked a hole right through it. Um, the cell phones you bring in, the iPads, things like that. And so when you allow those holes to be broken. Uh, basically, what happens is there is now a authorized event that can occur inside your network. So let me back up by saying there are no unauthorized breaches, none, right? Computers only do what computers are allowed to do. Sure. So if it yep. happened, it was allowed to do it, right? So that also means there are no external breaches. Everything happens inside. It's inside a computer you own or you contracted with or you paid a vendor to provide you. So if you take those two things, everything's actually authorized and everything happens on the inside. Your job is to control what comes in and who can click on something that would allow something to go out. So email, phishing, big deal. Um, second are passwords, okay? And that seems kind of rudimentary. Uh, again, but the concept of making sure that the keys that we hold uh, in our own uh, possession to keep the bad guys out uh, are the strongest keys that we can possibly put in front of each other, uh, and we change them as often as we possibly can uh, if they're, uh, you know, if, if they're not overly long, if we can be really good and we can start to use things like extremely long and complex passwords and tokens, maybe we can change them less. But the idea is between you and I, there has to be a barrier and it's got to be sure. something that I can control. Now, so those would be things that if you hear about a breach 
uh, today, it's normally going to be one of those two things. It's going to be somebody clicked on something they shouldn't have clicked on, or there was a bad password or a bad configuration setting that was just missed or omitted, and it allowed somebody to get in. I think what's driving most of those threats, though, uh, are if we kind of look around this room right now, uh, and there's a series of chairs around this table. If we would leave this room and then come back and a chair was missing, we would all know it right away. A chair's gone. Somebody took a chair, right? In the world of cybersecurity, somebody can come in and actually take everything it is that we are trying to protect, and it'll still be there Monday morning because it's just copied. It's just moved over and copied. So what that brings us to is a real need to be as close to our assets as possible, understand what's putting that business objective at risk, and watch that as close and as often as we possibly can. Because if it comes in money and it's not here, and we're not watching it, it might be, and this is an industry term or an industry standard, nine months before we figure it out. So one of the comments that uh, we brought up in a training event with the accountants in the room uh, a few months ago was, imagine if you find out about a breach that puts your organization at a going concern nine months after you just opined on the financial statements that everything's pretty good. And you've already done your strategy, you've already done your budgeting, right? So those threats that we can handle right away, we need to handle them and we need to focus right on those assets that are at risk and watch them as close and as often as we can. So let's, uh, let me put this in kind of real time for, for us as CPA firm that, um, you know, we do a tremendous amount of um, auditing of financial statements for our clients and, and that's industry wide. But uh, what you just said is we could get, uh, we could have as a, as, a, um, as a business, I could get a clean bill of health on my financial statement, clean report on my audit. But nine, you know, something could be going cyber in, in the cyber space mm -hmm. and impact that business nine months, a year from now that would have an impact on my financial position. That's correct. So if, if you would just kind of imagine, imagine that you were responsible for the largest asset inside an organization. We traditionally think of that as kind of the currency or the money in an organization. Well, I'm the CFO, right? And... I am going to be responsible both legally to my shareholders, possibly criminally if something goes wrong, but definitely from a professional standpoint to the members of my management and the board, that I'm going to be able to tell you that we're doing things the right way. And I never reconcile my accounts. I never count the vault. I never monitor transactions that happened yesterday. And when I give you the balance sheets, you say, can you tell me what makes up this balance? And I'll say, I can't, but I'd be happy to look at it and bring it back. That is IT security today. I'm an information security officer and I walk in and I've never found my data. And I don't track it every day. And I don't know where most of it is, but I'm going to stand up and say, everything's okay. And I'm doing it in a world where, again, it can be stolen without me knowing. The average time for me to detect it is nine months. Imagine if you're the ISO of Marriott. It's been five years. You know, the Marriott breach was a five-year event. Five-year? Five-year event. And they bought it, right? It came from an acquisition. The original threat came from a company that, that Marriott bought. And so there's a lot of details behind that. But again, you just start talking about, we've traditionally gone at the world of security by making statements around assets that we don't even know where they are, Right? 
And our claim to fame started with Sarbanes-Oxley mm-hmm. when the financial auditors came out and said, holy cow, everything is happening on these computers and I don't know if the computers are right. I don't know what integrity means. I don't know if what's coming in is what's going out. Um, and so we kind of rose to the top, you know, as people that are supposed to help you understand if that's actually the case. And we've made it forever without ever being able to tell you how much money's in the vault. You know, and to me, that's just a tremendous gap. So when I say we're behind the eight ball and things are getting worse, it's because all those dollars that we spend, we're building higher castle walls. We're putting more gators in the moat, but we still don't know where the vault is. I still don't know where the gold bars are. Does that make sense? So imagine if you're responsible for the Secret Service and no one ever told you where the president was. That's us, you know? And I say that broadly. There There are... significant steps and there are some very mature organizations that do focus on data first. Right, right. But I think that's really kind of where right. we need to start. You know, I want to go back to, hey, if something happens, it could be nine months and the other example you used could be five years. You got any other horror stories that you can share about data breach that uh, maybe change, change it up a bit? Because um, those stories are scary. I've got a couple that I can share. So, We would hear things today about a a breach that occurred and we'll have a CEO or a PR person come out and say, um, we identified the problem. We didn't lose any confidential data. We know everything that's been been taken. Uh, Here's free credit monitoring for a year. Everything's okay, period. We care about your security and your private information is important to us, full stop. So when I read those things, I say, how can you make that statement? given what just occurred. So we're literally responding to an event that we didn't know was happening by saying, now we know everything that's happening without actually doing some some additional work. So the, the tangible result of that is you often see follow-up announcements where breaches get bigger, um, more data was lost than was, than was thought. But what we see now is uh, a lot of somebody breached Yahoo, got all my emails. Uh, somebody breached uh, Facebook and got some emails and some demographic data. And we look at those things and say, okay, it's email. It's really not that big a deal. Well, in some states in the U.S., email is now considered private information. European Union most specifically is. Um, However, what's happening when that email occurs? Well, what that email uh, is just being stuffed in a big stash, right? Whatever's taken is just thrown into a big database on what we call the dark web, right? It's just there's the stuff that gets taken is stored in a database just like everybody else. Uh, and then it's used to do things like we just talked about earlier, send out thousands and thousands and thousands of emails. And so basically the bad guys are commercial fishermen. They have really big nets and they throw big nets in the water and they're going to catch some stuff. Every now and then they'll catch something they didn't think about. And so when that happens, you start to see things like a large financial institution suffer losses that incurred ransomware or Bitcoin type of payouts because somebody lost an email, right? Uh, And that email was lost five years ago in an unrelated event that we didn't even think mattered, right? So those are some of the things that kind of happen that drive us to to work today. The other thing that kind of happens and I think is more relevant is we operate in an environment where we are continuously trying to protect ourselves from the the exposure of a threat or somebody, right. you know, taking advantage of a vulnerability. Uh, and what we think is we can get out of this um, if we just kind of change our way of approaching it, put in more controls. But what's happening is we're spending, let's just say a small business here in town spends 75 grand to refresh their hardware set today. Uh, and they're doing 5 million bucks a year in revenue, nice lifestyle business, maybe some international customers. Well, next year, 
all that stuff they just bought this year is now vulnerable. It's old, right? Well, that company doesn't have another $80,000 to spend on technology every year, right? And take that and multiply that with your large banks. Take that and multiply that with your large hospitals who are continuously fighting really small margins and just don't have a ton of dollars to refresh their environment every day. So those are, end up being where we get breaches. I've had the experience of the phone call at two in the morning where an, uh, an older uh, piece of equipment sitting in a customer-facing position, caught a flu bug, you know, something running across the internet that said, hey, are you home? And we said yes, and it knocked on the door and walked in. Um, you know, about 150 grand later, you know, we figured out whether it was a problem or not. And that's a big deal, you know. So if you're an organization, a mat, can you eat 100 grand right now? You know, can you eat 50 grand right now in a breach? Um, it'll put a lot of people out of business. Sure. You know, in the time we have left, I want to I want to talk about... Um, when it is important to bring in an outside expert to evaluate, even correct the cybersecurity position or posture of your organization. You know, again, as as money tightens up, sometimes uh, organizations try to do it themselves. Sure. And then there's the balance of bringing in an expert like you guys. Right. So when it is important, give us some uh, give us some ideas here. So I would take a. a- you know, just a triage look at this. So one, if you happen to be in a regulated in- industry, so if you are a bank, if you are in healthcare, if you're taking credit cards, if you work for the government, if you do secondary education. So well, let me correct myself, right? So if you're uh, in business, you're probably regulated. We'll just back up, right? Sure. You're touching something. Um, you're also probably not in business to be a cybersecurity auditor. It's not why you started your business. You started a law firm, you started a CPA firm, you started a billing company, right? Um, so focus at what you're good at and, and bring in folks that are good at something else that's not necessarily in your bailiwick. So I would take an immediate start if I have information that if it should get out and finds its way on the front page of the paper, I'm worried about my business living through that event. If I can make that statement, then I'd call somebody to come in. Um, generally, you can call somebody to come in, self-included, where it's not going to cost you anything to have a conversation. Uh, have a cup of coffee. Do a little assessment, see what's going on. Just tell what's going on, right? And then if we need to go do some more work, then we can figure out what that work is and go forward. But do what you do best and bring in folks that do what they do best and cybersecurity is one of them, right? Um, Just like you have an external financial uh, auditor that comes in, you should have an external person that's looking at your cyber. The other thing I think that's really important to understand is every single day, there are more vulnerabilities than were the day prior. So, it's important that there is a group of people whose entire reason, their mission for being in business is to understand vulnerabilities, understand threats, and talk to you about them. Make use of it. You know, one of the things that um, sticks in my mind, a term you use, this is a cyber commercial fisherman just out there fishing, and they're going to catch something. They are. And that's that's what they do. That is exactly what they do. So um, if you've ever seen a uh, an email come in or a phone call come in, um, somebody show up at the front door in a suit and said they belong there, but they don't, um, that's, you know, they're playing odds there, right? So it only takes a couple percentage of people to click on the email or to let you in the building. And, uh, and they're successful, right? And they get what they need. You know, in the uh, discussion about national security you know, and the like is, Cybersecurity overtaken the threat of terrorism as one of our our key national security events. So, from a uh, 
emotional standpoint, obviously not, right? There's a there's an impact valuation to the terror threat that that drives the conversation from a likelihood and then economic impact, of course. Um, so I had the opportunity to see um, retired General Hayden speak. Um, and and he you know started out his conversation simply with a picture of a Chinese bomber next to a picture of our uh, bomber, and they look alike. You know, and his comment was, "If you don't think that nation states are taking our information and using it right now, um, then you might be misguided." Sure. Right? So yeah, it's happening quite a bit. Um, and so again, when you just start talking about the investment dollars it takes to keep your environment refreshed move that away from the hospital and put it in front of the operating system that operates the dam. Right. Right. right? And right. if that's legacy and there's vulnerabilities there, then the dam's at risk. Right. So one of the things that uh, uh, I think cybersecurity, that term that we use now, we don't use information security anymore, right? Cybersecurity seems to go at it, um, is that the uh, internet of things, the connectivity of all of our devices um, literally has put physical threats, physical harm actually in our scope. And so we're looking at a computer on a table that I may, instead of stealing a social security number, I can literally open a lock on a dam. I can stop the brakes from working on your car. Um, I can turn your stove on from work. So the threats have just grown and accelerated so much. And we see all those in national state. Well, you know, after talking to you, I think I'm going off grid then for a while. Just to, go off grid. Give it a whirl. To, just to give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. But uh, you know, let's uh, let's kind of wrap up here in a few minutes. We have left. Um, you know, just kind of tie everything together. One is, you know, you talk about focus on protecting yourself from the threats that put you at risk, and understand your mission statement and your strategic plan. And technology plays a huge role mm-hmm. uh, in that. Uh, again, know there are threats out there. They're not even, you may not even be aware, but they are there uh, every hour of the day. And certainly have discussions with an outside expert sometime during the business cycle. Yeah, of course. So uh, again, it's just, you know, you're in business for something and there are things that put that at risk. And it might be a slow paying customer. It might be a virus that gets into your network and shuts your sales system down. It might be ransomware where you have to pay off somebody, sure. right? So there's always threats and risks. Just you talk to somebody and put the best foot forward. Sure. And for our listeners, um, certainly if they want to get in touch with you, have more conversation, they can they can get a hold of us at racecpa.com. Uh, they can give us a call. They can contact our our marketing team. Uh, Bixler will take care of all the uh, all the incoming calls. But give us uh, how we can get a hold of you. Maybe an email. Maybe that's the best way. Uh, company name and email. Sure. So company name would be Info GPS Networks. Uh, and so email there would be. Uh, uh, we'll just do support at infogpsnetworks.com. Probably easier than spelling my name. Sure. Uh, and that'll come to me. Um, I am very active on social media. So InfoGPS on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, you can get a hold of me there and read some updates almost daily. And uh, we can find this and uh, we'll be uh, sending out uh, a copy of this podcast to uh, our friends in the podcast community Great. as well. Great. Appreciate so, it. Our guest today has been Paul Hugenberg, co-founder and CEO of Info GPS Networks, software development company based in Boardman, Ohio. Uh, again, thanks for joining us today. Great, uh, great insight on today. Thanks for the opportunity. The threat of a data breach is very, very real, and I haven't met a business owner who isn't concerned. Thank you for providing us with a new perspective and for sharing your expertise 
in a few stories. Did you enjoy today's episode? Let us know, like it, comment on it, or share it. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.